It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. I think so. I, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll edit that in post. It's all good, Jennifer. We'll get to you in one second. It is Carcon Carney. Welcome back to the Working Week. I'm James Van Ostel. And before I bring Jennifer on officially, my guest, Jennifer Hall, I, I want to mention Carcon Carney uh, and me uh, up for the Chicago Reader's Best of Chicago 2020 poll. You could vote for me as best podcast host in the city life category. And Carcon Carney is the best music podcast in the music and nightlife category. Voting ends in early February. I want to thank Joel and Santi and Katie, who all checked in to say they voted. Much appreciated, truly. Uh, and before I, once I get through with tonight's interview, my big plan, I, I'll get it up on the podcast. It'll be in the RSS feed. My big plan is to Google a lot of stuff about tenants, which I watched just before <laughs> logging on. Uh, not really sure what happened. I'm going to read a couple articles about it afterward. I will say the sound mix of tenant was terrible. I, I was sitting in front of the TV, adjusting my volume. Every time someone was talking, everyone talks in whispers. And then the action is really loud. So then you have to bring the volume down. Anyways, tenant was, I, I thought it was a confusing mess, but that's what the internet sport is going to help me through it. That all aside, my guest tonight, she is Jennifer Hall. She is a Chicago singer songwriter who just released, as I, as I wrote in the show description, what I think is her finest recording to date, a single called SFA. It just came out two weeks ago. Uh, good evening, Jennifer. Hello. How's it going? Let's start there. Let's start with SFA. Uh, first of all, what, I, I, I looked at the lyrics. I, I listened to the song over and over. I watched the video. What is SFA? I can't tell you what it stands Seriously? for. I'm very sorry. It's it's related to something that I I promised to myself I wouldn't um, reveal. But I'll tell you all about the song. It's just the the initials are of some private significance. Okay. Now this is basically this is a song about just. Is being that helpful? <laughs> a little bit, maybe not. But this is a song about being a good human being, basically, right? I suppose, yeah. Um, it's really funny because the first thought, like I've I've found that the first thought I've had about, like the, the first thought that I've had when I, you know, someone is asked to describe the song or when I think of kind of what the song is about, the first thing that comes to mind is, um, you know, be, being in a moment where you're really choosing to lean into an empathetic response towards somebody versus, um, uh, you know, maybe an inkling to be judgmental. Um, but the other day I was just thinking that there, there is so much more about the song that I'd love to chat about if you would be curious. Well, let's, um, let's talk about it. The song has just shimmering keyboards. Uh, mm. The baseline is, Nice and deliberate. And your vocals are there's kind of ethereal. They kind of hover above it all. Yeah. Uh, I, I love the way this song is produced. It's produced beautifully. Uh, and the video is fantastic, too. Where did you film it? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I just want to mention really quickly, produced by Noam Wallenberg um, of Rackstrack's recording. Just brilliant. I don't know yeah. where he comes up with this stuff. Um, and then the video was directed by Alex Shane, uh, a wonderful, amazing, um, like unbelievably creative mind. He's actually a good friend of ours. Um, he, um, is 
from Chicago, but is now living in San Francisco. So Noam and I flew to San Francisco. This was just before the pandemic for, for full disclosure. Um, uh, so it was all done very safely, um, but, but filmed in, in, in San Fran on his home turf. So yeah, it's lovely. Thank it, you. It, it, is it true that whenever you put out new music, you change your hair color? Why do I do that? Why do I don't do that? have any information. I was like, this is weird. I've just made mental notes of this and it keeps happening. Uh, yeah, like right after, um, right after we put out um, the like self-titled EP, it was like back in 2015. Then we went on a touring rampage. Um, but right after that, I, I think it was like, I cut off all my hair and dyed it and like platinum blonde. And then after we put out In the Water, which was our, single at the end of 2019, cut it all off, dyed it, blonde, and then blue. And then, yeah, and then we went out and filmed in San Fran, put out SFA, and I just dyed it red. It's like Stunning. Very red. Thank you, yes. It's uh, back, but. Staying on SFA, was there something yeah. else you wanted to say about that before I, because you said, let, let's talk about it. What, yeah. Yeah. If you, if you, if you think it is of significance, yeah. Um, I'm such a nerd for that stuff. I love to talk about um, like the kind of emotional meanings behind songs. Um, Everything I, except I, for the title. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Which is obviously private, you know. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. But uh, for, for all the work that we ever put out, I, I'm always in charge of, of the lyrics and it's, it's something I, I, I really try to, um, or it's a way in which I really try to be as vulnerable as I can, as honest as I can. Um, so uh, not only is it about kind of attempting to really push yourself to be empathetic towards somebody, maybe in an instance where it's easier to judge, but as, as a step beyond that, um, to choose to be empathetic towards somebody, even though, or, or to like, to, to reject this uh, desire to be judgmental because you know that you're seeing yourself or some part of yourself or your choices in them, mm -hmm. right? And to like, I think sometimes there's this inclination to judge somebody as a way to sort of like separate ourselves from someone else to be like, that's not something I'd ever do. Or I'm, sure. I would like to reject the fact that I see myself in this person or their choices, which I don't stand by, but um, yeah. And it's, it's, it, it was really just sort of a song that was like an observation, if you will, about uh, someone who will, who's anonymous, um, someone just having a tough time in kind of repeating old habits, kind of getting stuck in, um, in old ways, um, struggling to get past, you know, experiences of the past and, and to really evolve um, someone kind of stuck uh, emotionally and kind of like experiencing old wounds on replay, mm -hmm. if you will. So um, yeah, and that's something I certainly, I'm like, you know, I, I, I felt that before. Of course, we all have for sure. Yeah, like this is a time to be compassionate. This is not a time to to judge.
Yeah. I, I love it. Well, Let's get too all into all this, all this. Well, then that's why you're here. Stuff. We're talking about your music. Okay. Uh, great. You mentioned, you mentioned <laughs> in the water, another stunning song. Thank you. It, it seems like you have a very strong focus on the visual aspects of your music because your videos are very, mm-hmm. they're very well done. They're very well thought out. They're, I mean, they're, they're, they're just well done pieces of work. Do you think visually when you create? Yes, I, Alex and I going back and forth, there are, there are so many, well, or I'll take a step back. Like when, when we're making the music, I don't know if there are necessarily visuals that help to, um, that kind of contribute when a song is being constructed. Uh, but certainly after a song um, is kind of reasonably thought out and we know what, what it's going to sound like production wise, whatever. I definitely start thinking visually um, a great deal. Um, Alex and I were always sending music video ideas back and forth and all. Yes. Long story long. Yes. Um, I've well, just you, always you, have leg- you have legit choreography in, in the water. I mean, that's. Yeah. That, that was choreographed um, by a gentleman named Orb. Box, uh, a wonderful dancer in Chicago. And uh, that film, uh, or that one was actually um, directed by um, Alec Bass uh, and uh, Max Moore. So that was a different different team on that one. Um, but they, they did a great job. But uh, yeah, ever since I was young, I like, I remember when I was a kid being in school, like I really struggled with like auditory processing, like directions. When I was a kid in class, oh my God. They're like, you're not listening. Are you paying attention? Are you in there? And I'm like, off in my own little land, like never sitting down. Um, but it was very, very visual. Anything, anything I could see, I would get it right away. Or if it had a melody to it, then I could remember it easily. But See, you know, when I was in school, the, the thing the teachers always said was, smart kid just doesn't apply himself at all. <laughs> Isn't that always like... Like when you think of like some amazing, creative, lovely, wonderful, bubbly people, I feel like there are always those stories. Uh-huh. Yep. Could have been a doctor. Didn't apply himself. Yeah. <laughs> but going back to the videos, <laughs> I did want to mention uh, one of your older videos, Make It Out Alive. I yeah. love it because it has this very weird like Pet cemetery meets the Wicker Man meets, <laughs> meets paint. <laughs> vibe going on i mean it, yeah. it it appealed to my my love of horror to be honest with you yeah it's it's supposed to be a little like yeah like scary and fantastical i love it yeah stuff. and uh please leave you've got like the clay mask peeling off like the very literal yeah. like shedding your skin yeah which i absolutely love I, I was trying to think of when we started communicating I want to say it was not long after I started doing demo 312. It was probably like 2016. I was playing Beverly Road. Oh, no way. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, that is nuts. I. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I forgive my terrible memory over here. I thought it was for sure before um like in the water like that we had maybe synced up sometime in there gosh no i i, I was looking at my old playlist i probably played you three or four, i probably played you three or four times in 2016 i was playing beverly road which oh, is crazy that's so sweet. That, that, ah. that, that, that is i mean 2016 is, isn't even the beginning of your story i mean you've been out on your own for 10 years now oh lord it has been a 
Yeah, it's been it's been a while. I I actually so Noam and I are kind of essentially the writing force behind this and kind of in pandemic times, we're essentially the band, at least right now, because um, side note, we're also bubbled together. Um, so we're able to continue and make stuff. But um, uh, I met Noam uh, on Craigslist. I put up a Craigslist ad being like serious guitarist needed, must be serious, <laughs> something. Um, but that was like, I think that was 11 years ago because we played for a few years, um, you know, before anything else. When did you start writing music? Um, I want to say like, there's a part of me that wants to be like, oh, you know, 12, 13 years ago, I started to write very crappily uh, <laughs> at like, I don't know, 18, 19, you know, yeah. You're finding your voice, so to speak. <laughs> yes, yes, that's correct. And those will never find the light of day. Mm -hmm. So over the past year, we've been getting songs piecemeal, which I mean, that's the new normal. We were talking just before we yeah. went live about how the music business, the rules change every day, every year. It's piecemeal a la carte music is certainly a, a way to go. So we got um, in the water a year and a half ago, SFA two weeks ago. What does yeah. this mean for is this kind of the direction you're going to take? Just kind of put stuff out there or is the goal to kind of collect what you're doing to something more full bodied? Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I like when we had in the water going, we had tons of these other ideas floating around and nothing really ever sort of made the, made it to the finish line, so to speak. Like we scrap a lot of stuff. Um, I, I guess I, I'd never really felt that that was, you know, going to be what we were going to do. They were just going to be putting out kind of one song at a time. I think at some point there, I just like felt this sense of, I suppose like impatience, I guess, or just like a creative urgency to get certain songs like off of our plate, like get them out there because we were, you know, not recording at a pace that would allow us to put out a record within a year, mm. you know, but maybe like three years, which, you know, so, so I'd love to start putting out stuff at a quicker rate. Um, yeah. This past year was such a major bummer and I wish we could have like, I wish that like, you know, pain to art channel was like super clear <laughs> and not yeah. clogged. But like for me, it was just so clogged. And this it, it, was, for, it was for so many, for sure. Yeah. One, one thing I, I was expecting to happen, and it didn't really happen, but you certainly yeah. fit, fit the bill of what I imagined. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was expecting a video renaissance over the past year. Since artists mm. couldn't, couldn't play out, I kept waiting for just a flood or a torrent of, of music videos. Didn't really happen. I mean, mm -hmm. there were some good examples, but I, I still feel like there is a need or an opportunity for music videos, not lyric videos, but actual like thoughtful expressions to, to have a resurgence. Yeah. That would be amazing. I mean, I guess part of my thought on that would potentially be, you know, maybe the stall in, you know, logistics or like finances, but, but then again, I'm thinking, you know, maybe that's an excuse because some of the most gripping, most amazing, um, 
videos are extremely simple and done on an iPhone. So like, that's the amazing you know, thing. Yeah. The fact yeah. that everyone has the technology in their pockets at this point. Exactly. Yeah. Like really, I think with, you know, proper accessories and, and, and whatever, um, yeah, you could, you could make anything with your, with your iPhone. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the same with, you know, my industry, anyone could do a radio show with what they have in their pocket right now. Yeah. Yeah, no, I too can do a podcast. It's crazy. That's awesome. So as we talk about the the clogged year that was 2020 and managing through yeah. stuff, you have established a Patreon for yourself. Uh, those who are, are familiar, Patreon is a, a way to support artists on a monthly or regular basis. Um, it's it's a nice symbiotic relationship artists have with their fans. Tell me about yours. Yeah. Uh, well, over the years, I'd seen. Um, I heard and seen um, uh, Patreon accounts made by so many artists that I loved and artists that I'd followed. Um, and yeah, I just, I don't know, one day recently, it was created pretty recently. I just thought like, what's stopping me, you know, um, from, from just, you know, get putting my head down, spending the day, really getting it organized, figuring out what we can offer you know, and really, re really recommitting, you know, myself and, you know, me and Noam to, to really getting creative again. I think that was maybe why I was dragging my feet a little bit. Um, Cause that means you have to like, when people are signed up, then you got to start giving them the goods. Yeah. It's like they're, they're investing in your company. Yeah, can't exactly. And let the investors um, down. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And there, there was certainly never any, um, intention to do anything but that. So, uh, um, it's, it's, it's been exciting. We have like these different levels established and I'm still always trying to think of like cool, fun things to offer, uh, people that sign on. I don't know. I thought, is it weird to like do like a, a zoom workout and then we can all like work out together and like, I, I've seen a lot of stuff like that. I, I've seen, <laughs> I, I have a musician friend who does yoga, <laughs> yoga classes now. Really? Yeah. It's not mm -hmm. a patron thing. I think she does Venmo for it, but that's awesome. We're, we're all trying to find ways around this. Yep. Yeah. It's and crazy. When it, when it comes to Patreon, Yes. You, I mean, you, as a fan, you can get access to music and videos, but a lot of people just like to, to pony up the cash just to be supportive, get nothing in return. Just, just to, yeah jump in and say, yeah, you've got my support. Good luck. Let's get through this. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I was thinking the other day too, like um, j just about how, how it, a company like Patreon really offers this sort of restructuring essentially of like the, of the, you know, of the financial structure of, of, of making music and making art, because I think, Unfortunately, you know, or, or I guess not unfortunately, but realistically, a, a good de decent amount of art does take finances and resources mm -hmm. to to make and to, you know, um, but it kind of puts the power, it kind of like redistributes the power a little bit when, sure. I don't know, for decades and decades, right? Like the, the label had the power because they had the money and you, you know, maybe you know, you were creating in a way that satisfied them and they got to say what you would do and what the career looked like a bit more. And now it, this really gives you so much control and 
it's almost like the people's label or something. Oh, very much so. I, I remember, I mean, I, I've been around long enough where I remember seeing and hearing of bands whose goal it was, whose sole career objective was to get signed to a major label. That was it. Mm-hmm. If only we can do X, Y, and Z and get signed, we've made it. Mm-hmm. I, it seems like a quixotic yeah. mission or a, a goal to even want to even think about being on a label at this point. Yeah, Everyone's empowered. To, it's hard. It, it's really hard. And there's no secret formula to, to get to that finish line, but the yeah. benefits seem so much more real, tangible, and ongoing being independent. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I think even like, even it, like, if not just for the sole reason of being able to have total creative That's it. control, I feel like that. It, it's funny. I just like, I don't even know. I, I, I don't even know what it would look like or what it would feel to even have some group of people that had nothing to do with your work or, you know, the stories you wanted to tell or the memories you wanted to share via your music or your art to have them say what they needed you to say or, or, or to have any opinion on what you were making. It just seems so crazy to me. I, I I, I, have the artists that have endured that. I I have friends who've been on major labels who put out an album years ago, dropped by the label Mm. albums long out of print and they have no access to their masters. I mean, I can't imagine having no control over the content I create. How frustrating. That's terrible. I I could not even imagine. I mean, gosh. Patreon makes sense. This makes perfect sense. You're right. I think you said it in so many words. This is the new record label. This is the new. And the consumers are your boss. Yeah. That's the way it should be. It's, it's, it's pretty nice. And, um, and I think the cool thing too, is that like, you know, as your art evolves, you know, it's possible that maybe somebody that, you know, was a member and, and, uh, was, you know, finding themselves to be interested in, you know, the, the creative direction that you're, that you, you know, you've been going, you know, I think it's, it's possible and certainly okay for maybe them to, you know, for them to, say maybe as you change creative directions like okay that's not really something I'm into anymore and I'm gonna I'm, I'm not you know gonna be signed up anymore and that's okay but I think then you'll always find other people that are like hey I, you know what I wasn't so much relating to that other direction but I really like this direction now I'm gonna sign on so, so I feel like there's less of this need to like I don't know chase people's money and more just like or you or you know like being uh what's the word like being at the mercy of, you know, right. what you think people want or like what you think is going to sell and just doing your thing. And the fact that it's so accessible, there's bound to be someone out there that's, I think, into what you're doing. Exactly. You do you. Yeah. That's you it. do you. Gosh. All right. All right. So for, for people who want to hear, discover, learn, um, mm-hmm. should they start with your website? Sure. I feel like I should have a better answer for you for that. Um, uh, I mean, I would say start at Spotify or Bandcamp. Bandcamp is very helpful to artists more than Spotify. Bandcamp is super helpful to artists. And I believe yeah. February the 5th, I don't know if I have the date right. Mm-hmm. Whatever the first Friday is in February, that's another Bandcamp day where all the revenues go directly to the artists, which I love. That's I love amazing. That they do that. That's I, amazing. I, that's, that's, that's so cool. 
Yeah, it, it, because they take they take a percentage off, and this is a yeah. way, especially during these times, and this is why Bandcamp started it. Artists are struggling. Yeah. Just let's let's give all that money to the people making the music. Buy yeah. some merch. Buy some songs. Buy some records. Go Bandcamp. I'll tell band you. Camp. I'll tell right. you. Jennifer Hall, thank you for doing this tonight. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. I hope my long, uh, winding uh, answers were uh, long and windy enough. They were. <laughs>